Hey guys, I'm Shreya and I'm Shambhavi and welcome to our travel podcast Liliyalo where we discuss experiential travel across ages, places and time zones with essential travel hacks and lessons from our blunders through which we've become if you could say better travelers. So Shreya, where are we heading today? We're going to the city of dreams. I know it's too cliche but it's true. We're heading to Bombay. Guys, before we move into the first episode, I also wanted to talk about what Lily Allo, a travel podcast, is all about. Now, Lily Allo is live like a local. We wanted to go with a quirky name like that and a little bit musical too because we are both into that. We are into like quirky names and music. Oh my God, that's really random. Shit. That, that's one of the few things we are into. You'll get to know what all we're into and it's going to get creepier. So. Yeah. So, uh, also, how did this all start? So, Shreya and me, we met over an art workshop and we instantly collected over our love for travel. And the type of travel was very similar, experiential travel. We really liked listening. Uh, we really liked listening to stories of people uh, while in their travel. We had very similar kind of experiences of making huge itineraries uh, while going out uh, to travel and all of that. And we instantly connected over it. And so one day when I wanted uh, to specifically make a travel podcast, Rhea instantly jumped in. And this is where we are right now. We are shooting episode one. And um, yeah. And so uh, hope you guys uh, stay with us uh, and enjoy and we are going to start with episode one now. Shreya is a Bombay local, so she is going to take you through a Bombay that you've never seen like this, the way she's going to take you through it. Um, I'm going to let her speak about why, uh, you know, how she came about, came about all these places. And these are literally hidden, hidden gems of Bombay. So yeah, let's go Shreya. Over to you. talking about Bombay and I have lived in Bombay my last 22 years so my entire life except the time that I take to travel around uh, wherever I keep going. Today's episode is going to be about the cultural history of Bombay so we're going to look at the hidden gems rich in cultural history. We'll hop over from Burli to Mazgaon and then we'll go to Bhindi Bazaar as we speak about some of the most exciting places around. So yeah, let's go. Let's get started. All right. So I'm going to start off with uh, with a place that's in the heart of Worli, the Haji Ali Darga. I'm sure most of the people living in Mumbai have seen this place, but uh, hardly any, hardly people, you know, enter and actually visit it from the inside. So I think it'll be interesting to start off with a place that we all connect to it. It's more like a uh, landmark for people like Abhi main Haji Ali pe hoon, main cross kar rahi hoon, Haji Ali signal. but it's never like people go inside so let's start off with that I visited Haji Ali Darga uh, during my college project back I think two three years ago and I was I honestly loved that place now what's amazing about this place is that as you step foot onto that long cobbled pathway that uh, leads you to the Haji Ali Darga, the main Darga, the second you step foot over there, there's so much crowd, there's so much noise. You find all sorts of people. So you find 
beggars, you find devotees, sellers, you have food vendors, everyone pouncing on you or just surrounding you all the time. And uh, the sellers are always like, kharid lo, kharid lo, kharid lo. until you reach the Darga, there's no peace. But you know, as you start going closer to the Darga, there's this kind of calmness that starts setting in you because of the whole environment that's around. There's the sea, the white Darga, the positivity and all the people who come from like, you know, miles and miles away just to receive blessings of uh, Haji Ali. Oh, so uh, Shreya, what are like the timings one should visit Haji Ali? So um, early mornings and late evenings is what I'd suggest. Because the crowds are comparatively less. I wouldn't say that it's not crowded. But it is definitely comparatively lesser. And your weather is also better in Bombay. You don't want to go when the heat, when the sun is like literally over your head. So I would definitely suggest early morning and late evening. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even late evening, the lights are amazing, right? Yes. So that's a plus point. That's definitely a plus point. But then in the mornings, you can see the sea. So that again so i guess do it yeah. both the times <laughs> start your day and end your day you'll know yeah. you'll that's the best that's the best way to go about it totally <laughs> now mm. also i'd like to add now as you enter you see these two minarets white minarets and a dome and as you go ahead there's this tree of hope in front of which people tie these on which people tie these threads and make a wish so Again, there's so much hope and faith that you're surrounded with. I think the whole atmosphere makes makes you feel positive from inside. Um, also, you might wonder why there's so much, like, why do people believe so much in this Darga? Uh, it all dates back to the 15th century when uh, Haji Ali Shah Bukhari was considered one of the most powerful and respectful men of uh, this place. He, so he spent most of his life at sea. He also died there and his body came floating towards where the Darga stands today. So this Darga was built in memory of him because uh, it's said that during his lifetime, he performed many miracles and people honestly, truly believed in his powers. Shambhavi, can you guess how many visitors this Darga gets every week? Total visitors, um, say around, I'm thinking like 2,500. Um, it's literally like almost four times that it gets about 8,000 to 10,000 visitors every week. And this is not even counting the regular devotees. So it's not even counting the Muslims whose place of worship this is. It's people of all religions all over the world. Also, there was this huge storm, uh, I think back in the 90s, uh, uh, late 90s. And again, this, this Darga just stood strong it stood as it is today so those are a few interesting things about the haji ali darga and uh, that's our first place that you all should be visiting go visit in the morning or in the evening and yes let's get on to the next place now let's go shreya i think i have great like uh, image of haji ali darga and i can't wait to go to haji ali next time in bombay not going to miss it every time i pass it i think about it but this time <laughs> i'm going you definitely so our second stop is one more darga now 
I I I started off with Haji Ali Darga because I want you all to go to Haji Ali first to appreciate this other Darga even more. So this Darga is called Ma Haji Ali Darga. It's his sister's Darga. Now this is a hundred and thirteen year old Darga. It's it's eighty feet above uh, sea level, and. Uh, this darga was built in memory of ma hajiani who is his sister and it said that both of them were at sea when uh, they passed away his body came floated towards where his darga lies and now and that time her body floated towards where her darga lies so they just drifted apart and people built their dargas in memory of them and uh, that's why they stand where they are today So that's a little about uh, the history of why the dargas are where they are. Now, what makes this darga so special is the silence. Now, I spoke about how in Haji Ali darga there's noise the second you step foot on that road, but Ma Haji Ali darga, on the other hand, is just so silent. You will hardly see one or two people. Uh, uh, we had visited on a Sunday and. There were there was hardly one or two people who'd come just pray and then leave. Also, there are no shops over here. There's no forced buying. If you want to give something as offerings, there's one little shop and there's a caretaker. He'll very happily let you purchase whatever you like. Uh, even if you don't have a kapra to cover your head, he gives you a kapra. Like you cover your head with this, go ahead and then give it back to me when you leave. So this place is very special in terms of the whole silence. Aspect, and as you reach this place, so once you reach this place, uh, you're going to be a little skeptical while going because we were too, because it says private road, and uh, then you have to enter this gate and walk say about 300 meters, and then finally you see this long staircase, and uh, you climb that, and then finally the darga sits there. It's about 80 feet uh, above sea level, like I have said, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Now, since this darga is built in memory of a woman, women are also allowed in general in the Mukbara area. So everyone is allowed in the Mukbara area to give their offerings. Also, in the main darga area, there are these. You see a lot of red and green bangles. Now, what this means? Um, women really believe in Mahaji and his powers, and they make offerings in form of red bangles if they want to get married, and green bangles if they want an offspring. so that's what the belief over here is strong about that's why women a lot of women do visit this darga in fact was restored by uh, vikas dilavri architect and his uh, and his team so this this happened back in 2017 and which is when the darga reopened again before that i think it was not in the best of conditions so yes now we have completed we have covered two spots in worli One is your Haji Ali Darga, and the other one is your Ma Haji Ali Darga. Next, we are heading to Shamlavi. Um, let me give you a hint, and you gotta guess this. Okay. Hanji, I'm ready. Nam myoho renge kyo. Nam myoho renge kyo. Does this take you back to something? Okay. This is. Nam myoho renge kyo. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> You're repeating it also, so it seems like a chant, and um, it seems like Om Mani Padme Hum. Wala same, like it feels like it's Buddhist. 
<laughs> so you're I'm very very we're going to the Buddhist temple you told me that yeah yes so yes that is our next place and this is one of the chants that they chant in this temple so when you go to this temple during the aarti hours which is early morning say around 5:30 6 o'clock and late evening not late evening actually around 6:30 7 in the evening this is what you are going to hear in this temple so again this temple is literally in the heart of another part of the heart of worli a very traffic infested street it's right opposite podar hotel uh, sorry <laughs> what am i saying it's right opposite podar hospital mm-hmm. and uh, it is a magical podar hotel how i change things our first podcast guys is for pay sab hota hai but yeah <laughs> what's magical about this place is that you have your one step outside and you have there's so much noise but the second you step foot inside this buddhist temple uh, there is just so much so much silence and peace that gets into you this temple is called the nipozan myohoji buddhist temple and like i said it is in the heart of worli um as you enter this place you hear these buddhist chants which are just as which i just told shambhavi about the old carpets on the floors the that these donation boxes that they donate food donate clothes then there's also this resident monk who's been living in india you know since the last 30 years and he's he's been taking care of this place also ever since um he uh if I, i would definitely recommend you guys go there probably on a sunday he's always there actually go during the aarti and after that uh, strike a conversation with him because he's a very very interesting person and he will give you a lot of information about his life how things went about for him who are the people who come here and visit and it's just a beautiful conversation that you will have with him just like we did um also not to miss as you enter this temple you see this Six and a half foot Buddha statue. It's a pure white Buddha statue. You smell these incense sticks right around, and the whole experience takes you back, you know, to that, uh, to to the places that we go to, the Buddhist monasteries. Of course, it's not so huge, but we go back to. It took me back to the times when I visited monasteries in Dehradun and Sikkim and all these other places. So I was wondering, there's like a six point five foot uh, Buddha statue inside, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. and is the place that huge like it doesn't have a big garden area like you know monasteries are there like a lot right. of uh, places mm-hmm. where people can stay there's residential area mm-hmm. and all of that is it like a whole complex so it is a mini complex you can say because the monasteries that we visited outside are extremely extremely huge and uh, you know there are like so many monks also residing over there but i think this would definitely be like One eighth of the size of the monasteries that we visit. It's a smallish compound, so you have your temple that you enter, and then through the temple you can just make an exit towards the left or right, and they have a surrounding garden area, which is also very nice. There's these. It's made in like stone and the trees, and just behind that there is a small residence area, but with about I'm not sure how many rooms, but it looked like five to seven rooms at max. So yeah, it definitely isn't a place where you'll find a lot of monks. You'll have this residing monk and a few pilgrims who come visit and serve at the temple. So yeah, that's about 
that's about it that's really interesting i mean um, i think uh, we should note down the time to go so that we can for uh, definitely talk to the resident monk which i think was part of the experience totally was so let me just cover a little bit of history about this yeah. place yeah uh, how this was built what who built this so this was this this was built as a monastery back in 1931 by a traveling monk who resided in this place when he came to india he was also a part of the freedom struggle movement and was great friends with gandhi ji so gandhi ji has also probably visited this place not very sure uh, in in about 1956 this place was renovated by the birla trust so now the birlas are the ones who take care of this place so we've covered haji ali we've covered haji ani then we've moved to wali we've done this buddhist temple uh-huh. so where are we going next what is our fourth place all right so our fourth place is in the land of dockyard and fish um can you guess this place again um dockyard fish uh, let me think uh, okay don't guess the place that we're going to go to but guess the area area hmm area matlab us worldly ke bagal mein to mazgaon hai jo matlab dockyard mazgaon dockyard correct you're quite nice yeah how long did you stay in bombay for ye sab jagah mein to ghoomi hu because i did that whole you know markets of bombay to proper pindi that whole area mazgaon dockyard icon Yeah. So now we have two more places to go which one which I'm going to be talking about in the next one and then one surprise. So we'll get on to that a little later but um, as I was saying we're going to the land of dockyard and fish which is Mazgaon. So we're going to be talking about a Chinese temple Bombay's only Chinese temple in Mazgaon. That's where we are headed to. It's a very interesting place. It's called the Kuang Kung Chinese Temple. um you know this area was like a uh, home to many chinese folks before the india china war back in 1962 now post that war a lot of families just left the city to go back to their country because they didn't have a reason to stay back but the few who stayed have still remained and those little few families still live around this area there are uh, houses where you know the, there's even like numbers engraved in chinese Uh, in mandarin sorry so yeah that's a lot of uh, this area is still has a little bit of uh, uh, the touch of chinese people but i'd say most of them have gone away during uh, after the indo china war but uh, if we talk about how this temple was built when the chinese people were living in bombay uh, they kind of felt homesick they didn't feel connected to their own country So they thought making a temple, building a temple, would be the closest thing they could do to feel a little more connected to their people and their country. And when you're in that Mazgaon area, when you're around the vicinity of the temple, from far off also you can see this little red gate, and you just know that it is the temple. So this, so it doesn't have a lock or anything, or at least we didn't see any kind of obvious lock. It's just a push-pull door. so there are these little two tiny sliders and you just push uh, push them open you can enter and there's this uh, there's this beautiful idol in front of you there are some posters of other gods that we couldn't really recognize uh, there was also shiva ki murti so there was shiva ka poster and that really took that got us really curious ki chinese temple mein there's a shiva ka 
you know a poster so later we got to know that the uh, owner or the cat the current caretaker also believes in the power of shiva a lot so he put up his uh, his frame also you know downstairs so about this temple i would suggest go visit on a sunday because you will find the caretaker mr albert who uh, whose ancestors built this temple so yes he is still around and he takes care of this temple which was built about 91 years ago one thing interesting is that you found the resident monk in the buddhist temple and here you've also interacted with mr albert so mm-hmm. i'm super interested to know how the interaction was but now as uh, we climbed up so that the, this is a two story building i think two or three story building so on the on the ground floor is a little temple that you see on the first floor there are people living there it's not the it's not mr albert there's some other people living here and then on the second floor is where we met mr albert and the main temple is over there so um as we walked as we walked up the stairs we see these paintings of uh, a few gods that are the gods of prosperity longevity and blessings and there are really sweet paintings you know that are all around that you see the whole temple uh, is greenish in color red in color major of it major part of it is red in color there's also like hints of uh, yellow here and there just to go with the whole vibe so it's a very very vibrant place uh, you see these little lanterns uh, every every staircase you climb you see two three lanterns here and there and now as we reach the second floor we meet mr albert he was sitting around uh, just smoking and uh, drinking some uh, coke and then he sees us and he welcomes us with like a very very warm smile and we were a little confused because i have never visited and my friends also who had gone with we've never visited a chinese temple so we were a little lost you know we, uh, unknown space but he made us feel so comfortable he's like come come please come you're most welcome uh, he gave us some coke and we uh, we as we were drinking like coke pepsi whatever that was uh, he started a conversation with us before even we could and he started talking about his times in bombay and how this temple was so old built by his ancestors and how he spends his time every sunday over here and it was the best time that we could have come uh, to interact with him because on weekdays it's a little difficult he doesn't come here and another interesting thing that i found and found very welcoming about this place was that he said whenever you want to come over here just uh, take the keys from down even if the temple is locked you can open it so the people i said live on the first floor you can just take the keys from them open the temple and go seek blessings of the god yeah i can actually relate to a lot of this because uh, there is a huge area called chinatown in kolkata which is pretty much a similar a lot of these chinese immigrants had come here Mm-hmm. and there are plenty of temples in this part of town and a lot of these chinese red lanterns on the streets itself in that locality and lovely restaurants and uh, they also like the temples that i've been to they're like a like an amalgamation amalgamation of a lot of random like uh, things and the walls and offerings are really weird they're very quirky these places inside um and uh, i've never met one of the caretakers though so i've not gotten a slice of the life of the mm-hmm. people there but it seems very interesting and i could relate to some of this yeah i'm sure so, because 
the culture yeah. in itself might be very similar i mean we are lucky to have these kind of neighborhoods in our cities yeah i totally agree and uh, as far as i know i think the kolkata one is a little more uh, there a lot of chinese people have been staying there right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there are schools here hmm. uh, it's more hmm. it's a bigger community correct here the community is really up like really tight and together they hardly like you can count the families on your fingers probably but coming back to the temple over here i think we've described it what the things i have said it's pretty much how the description of the temple is the best time to visit this temple is the chinese new year of course you can visit whenever you like like i said they're very welcoming but uh, the chinese new year is the time when this temple is super lit up so yeah and definitely meet mr albert he has a lot of stories to share and uh, yes he'll also offer you some chocolates and uh, some samosas and dhoklas and, and whatever and he has and coke <laughs> of course of course and he never he didn't stop offering when we finished thoda he's like take more take more so it was very very welcoming mm-hmm. and uh, another thing over here mm-hmm. when you go you have these uh, little fortune sticks uh, which you can try out and you know know your fortune so go with somebody who knows mandarin because nobody here knew mandarin so we got a number on our fortune stick but we couldn't really read what our fortune said so yeah but you can definitely try that out try your luck on google translate so that was your kuangkung chinese temple the fourth place the fourth cultural immersion the next spot and the last spot for today is in bhindi bazaar which is your mughal masjid mughal masjid is honestly a piece of persia in mumbai and i am saying this because uh, shambhavi you saw it the other day on google right and wasn't your mind like totally blown away that this thing really exists in mumbai uh, i uh, did uh, google uh, the place and i saw pictures of it and i was telling shreya that this year i wanted to go to uzbekistan and how much the architecture style of architecture is so similar to the the mid the masjids in uzbekistan hmm. and uh, uh, i can't believe that literally in bombay yeah and and you don't really have to go to uzbekistan <laughs> to see uh, architecture yeah, like and that. i googled uzbekistan and i was looking at the architecture there and it's so so similar it's the colors the turquoise blues the different shades of blues and whites that it's shirazi style architecture which is mostly found in iran and uh, it's a total treat to your eyes this place definitely is and the way look at the whole environment okay you're on a crowded busy road and just like over there a very ordinary road okay most of chor bazar and hindi bazar looks like this now suddenly you're walking and you see a turquoise blue structure in front of you you see these two minarets and uh, since i said it's shirazi style architect architecture it does not have a dome that's what uh, it kind of means so suddenly here walking in this normal ordinary road and then you see this striking you see this structure which is striking blue and it definitely can't you can't miss this this particular place now that's how it looks like from the outside but as you we didn't go inside but we peeped in because the prayers were going on that time and uh, we we didn't have enough time to wait uh, until the prayers were over uh, so from outside when we saw this place on the left side there's this 
pool of water and on the right side there's a little garden and inside as you go there's the prayer area so that's what we saw it was very very well kept and uh, just honestly very beautiful to see it was it was quite uh, I, i honestly wanted to enter but uh, since uh, that time wasn't the best time to go we thought we'll definitely come back to this place and i i'm just waiting to go back and see it from the inside and um now comes the surprise and there's a little surprise is there is there a little surprise there is a now? little surprise now if you guys have heard about hammams you would be surprised to know that bombay has its one and only functional hammam right next to this uh, mosque i'm still stuck in the fact that you just said hammam did you <laughs> yes, just say yes i think hamam? we should give some more time to that yes so <laughs> bombay has its very own hammam and a functional hammam it's one of the oldest in india i think i think there's another one somewhere but this one is one of the oldest and uh, people uh, don't know if people still go there uh, as such but uh, it is functional so i i highly highly recommend that you go here because this place is not doing very well and it might just shut down any time so yes it's 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 honestly like a modern day spa you know what is a hammam i think you should tell people what a hammam is a few people i didn't know before this actually so ha uh, i mean hammam is basically like a a turkish bath yeah. where people go to get bathed correct so there's a there are going to be two people who are going to like sit you down uh, beside the water use a lot of like scented um, soaps <laughs> and all of that like literally bathe you you just have to lie there yeah so that that's pretty much what a hammam is and uh, only men go for obvious reasons at least in this day and age earlier i don't know mm. how it used to be but uh, yeah and it gets as it, it's as cheap as it can get you have a, a i think a massage for 30 rupees a more high class massage for 70 rupees and then something else for 110 rupees so that's what the rate card said you know so we kind of peeped in a little bit and uh, we saw this uh, uh, we we peeped in and we see these two men just sitting and probably you know awaiting customers or just ha- trying to have a little small talk between between each other so that that's how the scene was very old little bit in ruins um n- not so clean but at the same time there was no dirt as such but just you know how things fade out it was just a very faded black and white picture that we kind of saw in front of our eyes that that was about the hammam and that is the surprise which i think everyone should visit because this is one place which is endangered yeah i mean i was just i was just googling while you were speaking about if there exists any other hammams in india and surprisingly bhopal has a 300 year old hammam too um oh. so this is absolutely non not that foreign it's just that i didn't know so i'm pretty like <laughs> stunned Uh, yeah, I even mean, I didn't know about it. But yeah, this. it sounds like an amazing thing to put uh, the hammam uh, in the very uh, end of your walk across Bombay because people can really like get a sweat and then <laughs> get themselves a bath and a oh, massage. Oh, totally. <laughs> so it's a lovely end. Since this is not a recommendation by Liliyalo, it's a suggestion. So if you guys want to go, please go ahead and let us know. 
how it went yeah all right shreya um that was amazing superbly immersive mm-hmm. i could get a really nice gist of the kind of cultures that we covered we did uh, from haji ali to haji ani to the buddhist temple to um the chinese temple mm-hmm. to the mughal masjid and the hammam so yeah that's the list that is absolutely uh, fascinating and mm-hmm. i i mean it's hard to believe it's in bombay true, for sure true. I now i wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, i wanted to do a rapid fire with you because Ooh, okay. uh, because <laughs> karan johar etc ye sab dekhke coffee with Kar- coffee with shambhavi yeah, but you won't get any hamper here because although right now i need water cuz i've i've just had i've spoken too much so water with shambhavi yeah just all right wow have some water please now let's let's move on to the rapid fire hmm. we are going to do a few questions i promise you i doesn't know these questions yeah. and you might get some more suggestions about bombay and things to do here through these answers so shreya keep it interesting okay. please and please be no rapid. pressure at all now question number 1 hmm. let's <laughs> all right what is the last thing you did in bombay before the lockdown okay very clear memory about this cuz <laughs> last thing has to be precious right so the last thing we did in bombay was paint a wall in parla east we painted a a mural of chester benningdon Uh, with a group, I did it with a group of friends. So yeah, that's what we did. That was my last memory of uh, Bombay. Wow, that's that's. ये कोई simple सा memory नहीं है. That's pretty like crazy. Which is why it came out also so quickly. And uh, yeah, so you couldn't really go back there and enjoy the you no, know the dude. wall painting no. like the graffiti art right now. We couldn't, it, but it'd be amazing to just go back Hannah, there and sit. It really would. So this place was interesting. Well, this place is right opposite a dance bar. So we've also put it on Google Maps. So whenever anyone. हाँ तो location बता दो बता दो location ढंग से बताओ. हाँ तो Google Maps पे है. You just have to type in Chester Bennington Marg. Yeah, it's Chester Bennington Marg, and you'll get onto the place. There's also a dance bar if you would like to just have fun over there and then watch our mural. I think it's a great experience. <laughs> in itself that's the last thing i did in bombay one place you'd not let any new be in the city miss out on one place i would take someone to would be uh, an early morning breakfast uh, i mean we would cook the breakfast and we'd go to ra forest and we'd picnic over there yeah because i don't think people go to forest that often mm. in india so yeah i take them for breakfast to ra forest we just put a mat sit down play game Yeah, that sounds amazing. I, I don't, I don't remember the last time I've done a picnic. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that. Okay, next question. This is going to be the absolute opposite, which is, uh, what is an overrated Bombay place according to you? Okay, overrated Bombay place would be the Queen's necklace because it just, it's just like Bombay has the Queen's necklace. A photo, dal do. It's literally that. Or the Taj Hotel, but I think the Taj Hotel is beautiful. The architecture and all is beautiful, but I think the Queen's necklace, the Queen's necklace, it's it's very beautiful, but oh. it's a little overrated. Ki Bombay and Queen's necklace, it's not always just about the Queen's necklace. Bombay has more to it. 
श्रेया तो काफी ट्रोल होने वाली एपिसोड में इतना तो मैं तेरे को बता सकती हूँ If every city had a word, what would Bombay's word be? For me, hmm. um, for me, Bombay would be. It would be like home because that's the closest I associate with Bombay. It would, yeah, it would definitely be like my comfort home zone. Come home, home. I say home. Awesome. Yeah. So. That was episode one of Lily Alo. Uh, we ended up with Shreya getting very emotional about her home. <laughs> oh my god! It's Bombay. It's our first episode of Lily Alo, a travel podcast. And uh, follow us on our Instagram page. Yeah. Let us know what you think about the podcast, and uh, see you in the next week. Yes, the Instagram page handle. Is Lilialo dot travel? So look look up uh, Lilialo dot travel on Instagram, and you'll get all the scoop there. Um, the next episode is going to be from Kolkata, which is the city I associate, which I feel is my home. Um, so that is going to be episode number two. It's going to be on the food of Kolkata, and I, I can't wait to share yes. all the amazing places with you all. Um, so this is done. Shreya, high five, virtual Ooh. high five. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bye. Okay. Bye. Ooh.